You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn. And if you hear crowd noise in the background, that is because I'm at yet another big supply chain conference. I know we don't always like to tie it to the event, but this is Gartner. This is one of the big ones in North America, if not from a audience size perspective, certainly from influence. And this is where a lot of leaders across supply chain and the technology landscape come together and hear a lot from each side, and particularly from one of the most influential analyst firms in all the game. I, I thought you meant me. But well, no. oh, uh, Guy Corten is also here. Hi, Guy. Hey, folks. Hey, Matt. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. We're, you know, a few days in, and I think we are at a point where we can settle on a couple of big, broad themes. Yes. And some of them are going to sound very familiar to what we've been banging on for the last couple of years. I think, Matt, before you finish your lovely intro, I think that's a great point. But I think what's interesting about that is because the reality is this stuff isn't easy. It doesn't just change year to year. I, and I think some of the themes we're going to talk about are things that have really, if you think about it, been around for years, maybe decades, probably decades. And they evolve and they continue to change, but the basic fundamental aspects haven't changed. Right. And one of the big buzzwords, digital transformation. One of my favorite words, not buzzwords. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's beyond buzzword. It is certainly a standard bit of language in the business world these days. For good reason. It's because, especially in the world of materials movement, everything has changed and consumers have new expectations and simply you can't do it all without some aspect of technology, the digital aspect of it, right. to help you run your business in a way that meets the modern expectation. Obviously, you and I have talked about this at length for the past few episodes, years, months of Supply Chain Radio. But again, going back to my opening statement as well, I think it's because of the reality that these underlying themes haven't changed because that's the way the world, that's the way retail, that's the way supply chain, that's the way manufacturing, transportation, all that have evolved, have been impacted by the consumer, have been impacted by digital, have been impacted by a rising consumer power in the relationship, whether it's B2B or B2C. And I think what we're seeing here at the Gartner Conference, you know, on stage, in sessions, in hallway conversations, is that many companies continue to struggle with how do they better navigate in this new world. And it's not even a new world, right? It's sort of the existing world that we have been living in for the better part of, I'd say, five, six years at least. Right. The world has been changing for a long time. Yes. It's not just a straight assembly line and mass-produced items. And we are getting more personal. And we are getting more connected. We're trying to sense demand a lot better and build a future that reflects the very diverse world that we live in. Right, and a point you just made, and I think it's interesting to reiterate this, I mean, we just sat in on a great keynote by Kevin O'Mara from Gardner talking about it, and one of the points he made in the beginning of his presentation, and it was all about supply chain, digitization, things like that, but the one point he made, which I think we always talk about as well, is that it is no longer a linear relationship, right? It is not the old supply chain of our dads or our granddads or our grandmas, which was, you know, source, manufacture, move, stock, get to consumer. And it's not just a network either. And I think it's something that we look at. It's, it's almost, I mean, they called it the matrix, right? But whatever, it's four-dimensional chess, it's three-dimensional chess, it's a network on steroids, what have you. But the basic premise is that it is no longer a point-to-point, -point, linear, structured uh, way of thinking and of producing. Right. I think the point that he made is that information technology and operational technology are, 
are now bleeding together. And that's why supply chain is having a moment. And you see it quite pervasively. People are much more aware of supply chain than perhaps they were years ago. They do have and derive some satisfaction from the world of logistics because very often that is the last touch between a brand and a right. consumer. Especially as we go more direct to consumer with certain consumables and manufactured products, yep. you know, certainly in retail and fashion, business models are changing, the way we shop is changing, yep. the when we shop, the how, all of those things employ. When we touch products, all that has changed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously speaking of great presentations, but you actually took some time to speak about this here at Gartner yourself, a presentation with our friends at Heineken. I did, and, and thanks for the shameless plug. I think that was a shameless plug. <laughs> I think it was. But no, I think it was, a, it was very interesting. I think our session, as you mentioned, you know, we, we got the privilege of speaking on stage with Heineken about some of their vision or their strategy around digital and what it means for them. And for me, the takeaways from that and where I think is very interesting is, you know, first and foremost, that success is, I don't want to say it's not a goal, but success comes in sprints, success comes in different forms, but it's almost, and I think he made a great point, it was almost the success sometimes is measured in failure. What he meant by that, I think, is don't be afraid to fail. You know, fail off and learn quickly, but keep trying, keep innovating, and don't be afraid to fail. I think the other one that, that was very interesting from his standpoint was also this notion of it's a cultural shift, right? It's not something you just flip a switch and, it, oh, you digitize. It's a cultural shift. And the third one, the big one for me, which I think was really interesting from the Heineken perspective, which, again, we have talked about, but it's really great to hear from a true practitioner is it's all about the consumer, right? What Lawrence was saying with us was basically their primary and almost their only goal is to get product from production to the consumer in the most efficient, profitable, but also the most customer satisfactory way possible. Right. And he's coming from the perspective of an importer. If you look at Heineken's supply chain, it's almost entirely brewed outside of the U.S. Obviously, they're a yes. company. But they have 400 brands. Foreign brands, including, the, globe. including the, the lovely Red Stripe from Jamaica that's brewed in At one point, Pennsylvania. brewed in Pennsylvania. We'll have to do a little digging on exactly where. Yeah, that, that was a good anecdote he gave us. And certainly that facility has moved, it sounds I'm like. I'm sure. So. But when you're managing that many brands, and some of those do have seasonal appeal, right? Correct, yep. A light Mexican beer might hit you in the summer, whereas a cider comes in around the fall, yep. you know, just as the weather. Regional changing. areas as well, I'm sure. And consumer tastes are changing all the time. Beer can't just be one product anymore. Right. Because the way people drink, the what they drink, the how they drink it, all of those things have changed. And people are willing to give you that information if you're able to sense it. It's out there. And satisfy their desires, their needs. Right. And again, going back to Kevin O'Meara, and that's why I bring up both of these presentations is because, one, we have the analyst side, and two, we heard directly from someone who's doing this as yeah. a practitioner that these things are happening and that it is much more personal and that demand sensing is a social activity at this point. And I think it's, it's almost demand sensing coupled with demand anticipation, coupled with greater constant insight into fulfillment capacities and abilities and tapped into reactionary visibility into the extended, I guess we have to call it the matrix now, but really having all those parts and they're always constantly evolving, right? I think that's the part back to the linear discussion. None of it is linear. It's constantly evolving. You know, once you think you've solved one issue, something else pops up or once you think demand is being taken care of somewhere, it turns itself on its head. I think what Heineken said, which was you know, really good, is almost 
you know, consumers, and I think he was pointing a little bit to millennials, but consumers generally, he said, are, and he used the term, promiscuous. They'll even sit at a bar and drink, you know, over instead of drinking the same beer, you know, for five drinks during the night, they're going to try five different beers, possibly from five different brewers, or, you know, big brewers. And what his point, I think, was is that is just the model we have to, as a retailer and as a brand, have to be aware of. And that goes to this notion of, to your point earlier, just being hypersensitive to the demand and being hyper-reactive when demand shifts, when demand patterns change, and not being sort of stuck in a, well, my customer X has been loyal to product Y, that's going to be like that forever, and just you know keep doing it that way. And that's it. I mean, I think that you have to keep be on your toes. The industry, this business will keep you on your toes. And frankly, from both of those presentations, I think something that I got out of it is the idea that you simply need to decide and commit, that you aren't yes. always going to move in a straight line, that innovation is not evenly distributed, especially in a large global corporation where it's a big, big network of different partners yep. building a product. Well, and one thing too, and I think that was something I've seen in other presentations this past few days, and I think it's really... I took away as a great point, and, and it's, again, it's kind of a cliche, but it's the reality. It says, if you're wondering, are you going to be digitally disrupted, it's too late. You're going to be digitally disrupted. Hey, if right? you sit back and wait it's gonna to happen. see what's mass adopted and where everything is going, right. you if, are too late. You know, it's like the old analogy of if you go to a poker game and you're wondering who the sucker is, you're the sucker. That's right. right? If you're wondering, well, can my industry be digitally disrupted? It's being digitally disrupted already, so you're a little too late. And I think that's something, and we saw this in a study by McKinsey that we talked about in our presentation, that you know, McKinsey found that only 8% of the companies they surveyed do not believe that their industries are being digitally disrupted, which was, I think, a very reassuring number because it shows that the vast majority of the industries and companies out there recognize that digital is in the process or will be very soon disrupting their business and they have to think differently, shift differently. And to your point and what Heineken was saying too is it's got to be done in sprints. It's got to happen at different levels. It is not one sort of unified transformation. And I think the other part that Heineken said that I thought was fantastic is you got to just start. It's not if and when, it's do. And we'd be um, remiss to think that these brands have not transformed before. It's just the context is a little bit different, right? If you're alive today, if you're Heineken, you're more than 130 years old, obviously you've had to roll with the punches, change with the times, whatever term you want to say. Shoot, they were the first brand to be imported in the U.S. again after Prohibition. After Prohibition, yeah. But that supply chain must have suffered during those times where a massive market was cut off. I mean, not massive in the scale it is today, but certainly... Still an important market, and that's, I think you're absolutely right. You know, Heineken made that point, too, where they said they've been disrupting and being social since, what, 1853, right? So, yeah, I think it's spot on. I, I think it's just a matter of, and, and again, we've said this many times, and we've even done some studies or seen some studies with YouGov and KPMG and folks like that who have shown that the acceleration of it is rapidly increasing at breakneck pace, but change, disruption, all this is not new, right? This has always been going on. It's just the time compression has really come down and continues to come down. And I think that's the, that's the scary, but also the exciting part of the world we face is that those times are being compressed. I look at it as, yeah, there's threats, but I look at it as what are the opportunities for our clients, our brands, our supply chains to take advantage of this new time compression. And sure, it's scary. But if you're not scared by this stuff, if you, if you don't 
have a brand to protect or a reputation to protect or have something at stake, some skin in the game, if you don't recognize the fact that everything that you are could be fundamentally changed in, in a short time period, then you're in the wrong mindset here. But don't be scared. Don't make it worse than it is. This is already a hard job. I, no supply chain person is sleeping soundly at night when no. this stuff is happening. No. And certainly the job itself is highly demanding. You know, look at who does this job. You know? <laughs> right, a lot, of, a lot of people with gray hair and uh, balding heads around here, that's you for sure. You do see that. But simply, it comes down to this. Simplify the conversation. Boil down your needs, your expectations to the base. What is it that you need to survive? What is it that's going to give you fuel, that's going to help you live? What are the things that you need to keep sustaining to move forward and then right. start adding layers of complexity. Start thinking about the technologies or the pieces that have to come together, whether it's within your enterprise or outside, because, you know, as we say, 80% it, of the information needs outside your enterprises. Boom. Nailed it. Bang. <laughs> and that's it. And so have that conversation. Bring that back and start considering, learn from others. It might not even be in your own industry. And I yeah. think that's something that people should start to recognize. And I think they are. And I think to your, what you just said, Heineken made that same point, too. It's like, have the conversation. Don't wait. It's like when you got to talk to your kid about, you know, the talk, right? Right. The longer you wait, the harder it's going to get. But have the conversation. And if you have to have a beer, that's okay. Have a Heineken. <laughs> that's it, folks. This is our recap of a couple of the big themes here at Gartner. Guy, as always, thank you for being on the show. Matt, it's a pleasure. I think you should have me on more often. I, I feel you know, like I've never I, on. I feel like, yeah, you often go years and months without really contributing. But we'll fix that. Awesome. I'm sure our audience would be very thrilled to hear that. <laughs> yeah. More ghee coming your way. And more Supply Chain Radio, because we will continue to bring you the news and the information on this industry, as long as it's changing. And, it, and you know what? It's a great place, and it's always changing. <laughs> that it is. Thanks for listening, folks. 